Welcome friends, sons, enthusiasts, and all who believe in the power of vulnerability. This is The Vulnerable Scientist, a podcast where scientists strip away their lab coats and share authentic, honest stories. Proudly brought to you by the Psychom.digital, your go-to digital marketing alley for science communication. My name is Sarah Nyakeri and I launched this podcast in December 2021. This move was inspired by my own vulnerable moment while journeying through the scientific research as a master's student. Since then, we've had over 50 scientists come and bear the souls speaking on their careers, highs and lows and unique journeys into science and the topics they hold dear. We have new episodes every weekday at 7 p.m. featuring relaxed, informal interviews. Sometimes a guest might come cover one episode, others up to seven, depending on the breadth of their story. To you scientists out there, if you'd like to share your tale, find a time that works for you on our Calendly link on thevulnerablescientist.com and I would like to hear more from you. Do you want to keep supporting The Vulnerable Scientist? Check us out on Patreon or contribute through Mpesa to 0718-896-962. Your support means the world to us and helps to keep these meaningful conversations alive. We'll also love hearing from you. You can send us an audio message on our website or at tvscientistspod at gmail.com. For more about us and our guests, visit thevulnerablescientist.com. All right, it's time to dive into today's episode. Remember, science is more than just facts. It's about the people behind them. Welcome Irene and Evelyn from Science Scientist of Kenya Association, SCOCA, to the Vulnerable Scientist. SCOCA is a newly registered NGO that has just created a community for scientists to help them navigate and penetrate the job market and grow their careers. It was founded by a 24-year-old whom we will hear from, and the program coordinator. Hi everyone, welcome to the Vulnerable Scientist Podcast. This is your host, Saranya Kerry, and today on Madaraka Day, we have Irene and Evelyn from Skoka, and they're going to tell us more about what that is. Okay, thank you very much, Sarah, and thank you for the opportunity of hosting us today right here. So my name is Evelyn Kimanthi. Um, I'm, the, I'm the founder and the chairperson of Scientist of Kenya Association. And um, currently, I'm a research assistant at Ampath Kenya. Hi, everyone. My name is Irene Kamal. I am a biotechnologist. I'm currently at Calro. Uh, that is Kenya Agriculture Livestock Research Organization, Mogoga at the Veterinary Research Institute, and I'm the program coordinator at SCOCA. Ampath is academic model providing access to healthcare. Currently, up to where I am now, like 70% of my life, I grew up at a place called Kayole, that is one of the slums in Kenya. And... Um, yeah, that is where I grew up when, since I was born up to when I was a first year in college. Yeah, I went to high school in a different county that is Makweni. I schooled at Makweni for four years. Came back, I went to a college that is Nairobi Technical Training Institute. For me, I've pursued a diploma. I'm a diploma level person. Pursued a diploma in applied biology. 
Yeah, so later on, because after graduated, I graduated in 2021, but during COVID time, 2020, because schools were not operating, I got a job and I was practicing as a dental assistant. I've not been in a dental class, but through training, because I got a job first, I was a receptionist, then I expressed interest in knowing how to do the to assist the surgeon, maybe in some of the procedures, maybe when he was doing braces and all that. Then later on, graduated, uh, got a baby who is now one year, six months. Yeah. Actually, I graduated when I was seven months. Yeah, seven months pregnant. And um, yeah, after I got the baby, I... I got um I fell into postpartum depression for for like 3 to 4 months and uh, trying to come out of it it was not easy but uh, I got help from psychologists from parents yeah and uh, last year that is the time now I thought um when I was really ready to go back now to the industry to go looking for jobs now that is the time that I was reaching out I think I did a post on LinkedIn when I, where I was expressing myself, like, this is my name, this is what I've done, and I'm looking for a job, any recommendations, referrals, yeah, about um, concerning what I've done, that is applied biology, I would highly appreciate. I went on in reaching out to people on LinkedIn, maybe. And yeah, I got a post, and um, I think I applied for an internship position at Archelab Laboratory, where I got an um, opportunity as an intern. I think I was uh, four months post um, post delivery. I, I had not yet healed completely, but uh, sometimes situations, circumstances, you have to. So I went back to the market. I worked for like uh, five months. Then I got another job here in Eldoret that is not concerning science. I worked as a client relations officer, public relations department. Yeah, then after the, after after all, again six months now, I came. I got uh, I got a job at Ampat where I'm currently working. But um, yeah, during that time for looking for a job last year, that is the time that when I reached out, I realized most of the people that uh, were sending reactions and comments were people in science courses, also people in biochemistry, biotechnology, chemistry, and people who are pursued pure biology. And uh, yeah, that's where that's where I did a call to everyone. That uh, I went back to LinkedIn, and I think I've never pulled pulled out the post up to today. So I went back to LinkedIn, and I made a call, and um, I requested those people who have pursued science courses in this and this discipline, we can maybe come up with a with a WhatsApp group. And yeah, most uh, by that time I had not gotten a job, so. My my main role because I was there hunting for posters for job adverts. So anytime I get job adverts, I used to share them with um with the team. That is how we united, and people continued joining the team until now it grew big. And uh, the WhatsApp could not accommodate all of them. I had to go ahead create another WhatsApp group and also create a Telegram group. Yeah, so we have three groups: two WhatsApp groups and a Telegram group. And uh, later on, yeah, the minds of scientists came together and um, we decided why don't we try becoming an association so that we can um, 
we can really help these scientists because from the look of things, things are not good. And the majority of people that are really crying out, as you had stated earlier, people who have pursued biochemistry, actually, there's no space, there's no place for them totally out here. Yeah, so that is how we came about. So I went ahead and um, we initiated the process of registration, but it needed resources, definitely. So I had to talk to some of the members, like, let's come together, let's, uh, let's, um, we register, let's register with 1,000 per head. Definitely there are people who are for the idea, others they felt like, uh, we are so new to each other, we've not met each other physically and uh, we cannot trust each other. There are people that uh, stepped down out of, um, the association, they felt like, this is not where I want to belong. We have people that really had the had the association at heart, like Irene. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they really encouraged me. They really pushed it, and they kept on telling me it's something that can happen. So we sat down. We came. It was like around twenty to thirty people. We contributed a thousand shillings, and we initiated the registration process. And I think Irene was the one who was in charge of the registration process. She's the one who initiated up to the end, and uh, uh, my work was to back her up. <coughs> Sorry, because there are times that uh, she will need some documents from the ministry. We had to help her and all that. But right now, <laughs> where I am, I feel so proud of um, what's happening. I feel like uh, like the way I expressed my I expressed myself on a certain post on LinkedIn. Like I feel like I'm sitting on one of my answered prayer because, to be honest, I really wanted the association. To, the association to go far, but I didn't. Th I didn't uh, see it coming. Like it happened so fast, like the registration, everything, and people really believed in us right now at the moment because they see fruits. Yeah. So during that journey, the much I've been doing for the members is I I schedule webinars, workshops for virtual, virtual. I schedule workshops, and uh, uh, previously I had. Uh, and, you know, my major role is to source for speakers, for facilitators. You have to go and convince them because some feel that they're supposed to be paid and that the association was not yet, is not yet that stable at the moment. So what we used to do is talk to facilitators that maybe you're well connected to them or maybe you've been referred to them. So, yeah, but um, recently I noticed majority of the scientists, apart from job seeking, they are dealing with mental illnesses, illness, and uh, they're de they're struggling with depression, anxiety. That is that is one one of the reasons that uh, really prompted prompted me to come up with a webinar session for mental health. Yeah, because I felt some of them have already raised. Uh, they threw their hands on air. Some feel like it's it it can't happen, especially biotechnology and biochemistry. They feel like um, they really need to venture in in some of the things that are different to this. That's why the finding scientists are doing something very different, like they're, they're pursuing short courses, and I'm seeing them going into customer service. I'm seeing them doing uh, short courses in software development. They feel we need another short course to help me, to help us maneuver into the job market currently. Yeah, so I feel uh, that these scientists are really deviating because the country has not yet embraced science and research. So that is the reason why we came up with an association to help them network and also create mentorship program because we realized uh, the senior scientists, they do not mentor the young scientists. 
It is the young scientists to graduate, come into the market, try to find their way out. They don't have anyone to hold their hands. They don't have anyone to support them, anyone to mentor them, anyone to work with them into their career journey. That is why they feel like um, they are alone out here because mm-hmm. those who made it, they feel like we are supposed to go through that fire so that we can know the real essence of science. So, yeah, I feel the senior personnel in science, we also made a call to them. We also made it public that uh, they really need to mentor the young people because we also have siblings. We have people that are really looking up to us, the young people. We have young people who are really passionate about science, but when they look at the current situation that um, maybe Eva pursued science and she's practicing something different in what she did, Maybe this person pursued science, we cannot see. And also, it is a discouragement for those who still want to advance. Because personally, if I'm a diploma level, I want to do a degree in uh, maybe biotechnology. I feel like my diploma has not yet even secured me a job. What is the guarantee the degree will? And those who are also already in degree, they are still outside. So I feel like, let me just uh, try to maneuver with my diploma. Those who have degrees, they feel like, why should I go for a master's? And I know several people with master's who are not practicing. Yeah. Irene, listening to Evelyn. Uh, yes. Like, of course, you, you've know known her for a while, right? <laughs> I have, I have. So what, what do you get from it? Like, could you comment something about what she's talking about? Well, I actually do know Evelyn as a chief person. I've known her like for one and a half years. So I I, I found uh, she had already formed the the WhatsApp group for the association. I first of all I looked up to her because it's a it's a big deal that it's a great step actually that you come up with an idea that you want to selflessly like put all scientists together to for their own benefits. So uh, first of all, I admire her passion for this association and for science. And uh, also interacting with her, I could feel her zeal. I could feel that uh, this is something she really wanted and it was for the benefit of each and every scientist here. So when I got the opportunity, when I was elected as a program coordinator, I I really devoted myself because I, I made a promise to myself, like if someone had started this and she's really willing to do this, then I'll give my utmost support. And uh, in return, she actually has supported me a lot of times, as in in terms of motivation, encouragement. Uh, though you're young, you can still do this. And yeah, I, I've learned a lot from her. And it's true what she's saying, uh, that scientists actually, if you go to, most of the universities, um, I'm at Jomo Kenyatta University of Agriculture and Technology, and you ask uh, students, uh, how come you chose a course in biochemistry, biotechnology, zoology, genomics? And they'll tell you, well, it was amongst my last choices, which uh, I think the the placing body for the university actually decided to place me there. So it's not something they aspire to do. Our friends who wanted to do pharmacy, but then they landed in biotechnology. So I feel like uh, actually it's not out of will. Sometimes it's because they don't even know it exists. You said you you were raised in Kayole. Had you heard about a scientist before, like growing up earlier on? I really had passion in science, more so in, um, in the medical field. 
So I really, ha- I really had that passion when I was very young. But uh, the environment I grew up in, I grew up in Kayole, and uh, the environment had not yet embraced education, live alone science. So, yeah, even currently I've watched the people I grew up with, you know, get lost in drugs and substance, become early mothers before even coming to secondary and all that. But immediately I went to secondary, I found out that it's something that can happen. Actually, <clears throat> sorry, actually, Sarah, if I show you some of my exercise books, the cover page, I used to address myself as Dr. Evelyn. And here really? where they are, it's written school. Yeah, when I show you my exercise books, here where it's written school, I used to write Camry. So Camry has been my dream organization since I was very, very young. Yeah, and people in school, back in school, they used to call me Dr. Eva because I was so passionate. I used to I used to read so much about Camry when I was still in Form 1. You can imagine. I, I knew what Camry does when I was in Form 1. I knew several, like almost all the branches that were exist, uh, in existence that time for Camry. Okay, I I used to know what Camry does in details. I knew several different laboratories of Camry when I was in Form One, so I was trying to know where. Yeah, I, I knew the sections. <laughs> I used to tell my 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 biology teacher. I used to challenge my biology teacher when every time he's teaching about something, and I would I would I would raise my hand and tell him, you know, in a, if this experiment we could do it in a microbiology lab. And he used to ask me, where did you get uh, about the microbiology lab? But when you could see, I had a career book. I used to write so much about these laboratories because I could see myself in Camry. So I think uh, there's a time we had a session with Father. It was a Catholic school. And he was called Father Frederick. And he was asking me, and he gave us a list to write our names. And I introduced myself as Dr. Evelyn Kimanzi. And he called, he called me in front and told me, why do you address this? And he asked me, where do you want to really be or who do you want to become? I told him, I told him, I want to become a scientist and I really want to, to work in Cambridge. And I can tell you, Sarah, I think I've done everything to get myself to Cambridge, but it still feels it's possible as much as it has been um, so difficult to get to Cambridge. I have gone to Cambridge physically so many times. I have gone there talked to the secretary, requested even to speak to a senior technologist. You can imagine. After graduation, I used to go there. I used to go and just sit there because I'm also a believer. I used to believe like, because I really want to go to Cambridge. Let me visualize my goals. Let me go there personally. I'll just take a, I'll just take a matatu, go there, look at the environment, walk around. I used to time when they were at lunch break. You go talk to some of the technologists and they really felt you're too young. They felt like, you're too young. Why are you doing so much? (laughs) You're very young. What do you really want to do? And I think I've taken applications to Cambridge, like, I don't know how many times. Even before graduation, that is uh, the institution I really wanted to get attached to. So I went there like almost seven times. I took application for the first time. And uh, they did not tell me that they do not have chances. They just told me, we're going to get back to you. After two weeks, I felt like they're taking too long. I went to another section. I went to CDC, took my application again, but it seems like 
Now, but up to date, Sarah, I can tell you, Camry, if I get myself to Camry, that will be my answered prayer. I've really tried. I've gone there. Like people have given me contacts, like talk to this person. Like my former boss, he, uh, where I was working as a client relations officer, he knew a very senior person, a very senior microbiologist there. Trust me, I took myself there. I called him. I went and expressed myself like, I just want an opportunity and you guys won't, uh, won't regret. But you find most of the time age limits me so much. You find that someone is asking you at the age, um, I was 22 years by then. At the age of 22, why do you feel you're so aggressive? Like you really want it. And, um, I felt like when I find myself in this position, I am even able to know what science really entails, the gaps that are maybe are in science and how I can come and how I can mobilize scientists. But unfortunately, I found myself, okay, here I'm a bit a scientist, but I'm not in the laboratory, like how, I, how I've always wanted. I'm a research assistant, but right now I'm working on a program that really is really on mental and substance use among youths in, in adolescents in Kenya. Yeah, so it is something that I grew up with. To a point, you see, back uh, in high school, for you to be selected as a leader, you used mm-hmm. to apply like jobs. You apply, you get uh, you get interviewed by the board, then you get the position. But when all this was happening, I was out for music festivals. I didn't apply, I didn't do interviews, I did nothing. But I came and got out. I've been given the position of becoming a clinical animator. Then I was summoned by the board, and they wrote a report that we've given this lady this docket because of her passion in this sector. That is the only thing that we did. And I think I was the only person that was chosen without the protocols. So I am still convicted. I still have this conviction that when you really want something, you can get it. And when it is written all over you, everyone can read it. You don't have to go telling people, you know, I love science. Let them see the interest. Let them see the passion. Yeah, around you. Because even right, even right now, people feel like you're still young. Because right now I'm 24, people feel like you're still young to be called a founder. You're still young. You, you, <laughs> you're still young to be a director. Like, yeah, it it really amazes people. Because you know, there are PhD people I was talking to, and they were really talking. They were really asking me like, um, first, also I'm a diploma level person. They're asking me like, uh, I'm a PhD person. We have a group of PhDs, but we've never thought of coming up with an association. So they really wanted to know what really prompted you. And honestly, Sarah, I feel like um, age is no longer a, con- a parameter to consider when it comes to maybe success, achievements, or dreams. When you have a dream at heart, I can really encourage a very young person pursue it like uh, pursue it like it is only you who can do that. And my dad, my dad used to tell me that if they, if the universe trusts you with a dream at heart and are at hand, it really means that you are the right person to do it. Because definitely I had doubts, Sarah, how am I going to convince people that I can really help them? How am I even going to do this? But there's an inner me that used to tell me that don't, don't, don't let it sleep. You've already opened eyes of people. If you just give it, give you, give up on it, there's someone who will take it up, okay? And they won't recognize that you're the person that began it. Just keep pushing. Yeah, I kept pushing. I had to look for media to come and talk about science because I felt like it is a gap that really needs to be bridged. 
our scientists need to be in the labs okay like our to uh, these people for biochemistry majority of them are medical representatives they are medreps i see them here in eldoret they are just selling drugs and i feel like medrepping is something that a person that has pursued sales and marketing can be trained to do not a scientist okay we are really we are not we are not we are not really coming yeah utilizing the full potential of scientists like this is a person and you know the cut off points of our chemistry definitely you know the the tireless times that you go to the library you know you cannot compare the chemistry with a business course this is these are courses that you have to go and uh, do practicals you have to go to the library and imagine you just come out here you just become a sales person for medicine okay and when i was a client relations officer I was I was so much in charge of customer service that time in I was in a in a in a health in a health um, facility. So I used to feel like my potential I'm I'm not in a position even to encourage a scientist because I'm not even doing something related to science. Yeah. So how am I going to tell a young person that this course is a very good course? Yeah, you you cannot because she'd be asking you then if you really have passion for science what are you doing? But they don't understand that term um, it is the gap apart from unemployment sara i feel like if the government really will embrace appreciate science and research trust me it is we are going to solve majority of the problems that we are facing like majority uh, problems like gmo we don't have to import gmos we have people that have done genomes bioinformatics people that can modify things gen- genetically and if not we can come up with solutions to even do away with the gmos and maybe bring up because these are good minds but they are here on the street loitering selling drugs sara becoming receptionist so i even met a biochemistry person selling clothes selling mitumbas you can imagine and it just breaks you okay uh my name is irene kamau uh i've been raised in Muranga County, Kangema constituency. Uh, I went to primary there. I went to high school at Ofer Girls in Nyeri. And that was my picking point uh, when it came to science and and also when it came to leadership. So I went to Ofer Girls and now I'm currently at Jomo Kenyatta University of Agriculture and Technology. So uh about me i am really inspired by my dad who tells me every day that if someone did it then you can do it better so since everyone actually when i was growing up believed that i would become a lawyer like they were so convicted back in high school everyone believed that i would become a lawyer because i would fight for everything that didn't have order everything that felt like injustice everything that felt like needed more to be done would argue like for uh, for like 2 hours with a with a teacher who thought this was supposed to be that way instead of this way and yeah it really uh i also kept on questioning myself whether i wanted to be a lawyer because there is a bit of me that i'm really curious i'm curious about everything in chemistry i think uh i really misbehaved with reagents and chemicals because we just be curious if i mix this and this would it make this and why not this so why shouldn't i use this as in um naturally i'm a curious person and i pursue curiosity to the end so uh when it came to choosing courses i chose a science course because um 
And then I think the word biotechnology really fascinated me that she's using bio and technology because that time I, I thought it was using technology that's the IT and also the bio and yeah and you know in I've always been fascinated with everything that has life so if I see a tree I would wonder now how does this tree work okay how comes it it has seedlings. How comes these things are dry and they'll still germinate? How about these animals? It just fascinated me. And then I looked, uh, I grew up with a very, uh, in an area that has a lot of biodiversity. So each and every time I look at different things, they behave differently, they correlate and it works out for them. So when it came, it came to choosing things, I thought, well, something with life and technology in bettering life will be the best for me. So I chose biotechnology. So I, I was ready for IT. I was ready to be taught or, or everything that has to do with IT. You, you know, the C++ programming. Actually, I was ready for that. Well, for me, <laughs> biotechnology is not about IT. It's actually about something better than that. So when I got myself uh, at campus, it was during the COVID-19 period. And it was so unfortunate because uh, the first time COVID uh, was reported here, everyone went into panic mode. And then I looked into the my into my course review and what it entails. And I saw that we're supposed to produce vaccines. So I started questioning myself. So if you're supposed to be trained, if I will be trained for four years to produce a vaccine, I know there are people who have been trained for those four years to produce those vaccines, but right now we are in panic mode. So it really, uh, I started now looking at it at a different perspective because I thought uh, with biotechnology, you just come in a lab, you make something, you take it to the market, and then people start using it. But then uh, during that time, uh, when we were doing the first orientation, I noticed uh, a lot of things that don't actually happen. There are no vaccines. People have a lot of misconceptions and myths when it comes to biology. I noticed a lot of challenges and then everyone would keep on asking me. I was just in first year and everyone kept on asking me, is this safe? Should you do, should you actually greet someone with your hand? Because I kept on saying, well, I think we have the potential to actually have the vaccine. So at home, people believed, uh, like if they brought in the sanitizer, they would ask me, you sure this is safe? You sure this is not cancerous? And that time I was so naive. Actually, I didn't know a lot of things. So it fascinated me from there. I, I love uh, genetics. I say uh, I really love genetics. I love how mysterious it is. I love the potential it holds. Um, I think all my subjects that I've studied so far, genetics is my best. So I, and then when you relate it to how Africa is so diverse, and it that means it has a lot of genetic makeup that is so diverse too. And the fact that COVID came and hit us, and then we we it just we just bounced it off. I I, I mean it fascinated me even more. So when and then you would go to like when we met physically for the first time with our classmates and you would hear their views. So I expected a class that is very vibrant when it came to science, but everyone said, well, no, I wanted to be, to become a pharmacist. I wanted to be an engineer. I wanted to be an IT person. So actually found, I found out, well, no one wanted to be a biotechnologist. So I wondered, why don't you want to be a biotechnologist? Yet there is so much. So everyone started, we've not even met our lecturers physically, but everyone is already saying, but this course does not have, 
Yeah, they don't want to be here. They even have a mentality. They, they say you can't get a job. You have to bribe people. There are people who have in PhDs and they don't have jobs. So I started asking myself, are we condemning ourselves to this life as in life of never getting jobs in biotechnology? You're telling me, you know, there is um, Professor David Wasau. He's, you know, he's the first uh, scientist in Kenya. I think in East Africa too. Yeah, he's a zoologist and got, uh, I think, a degree or um, PhD in 1969 and then i thought if if uh professor david could do that you know those times when no one actually even knew about science how what about us who are here we have uh even if it doesn't look so bright we have the potential we have we at least we have lecturers who actually did some of our units and now they are lecturing us so i started looking for platforms to encourage scientists. So we started for, with the formation of the Society of Biologists, of Biological Sciences in JQuat. So that was a starting point and it has been really, really beneficial. And uh, and then when we started interacting with our lecturers, I remember there's a lecturer in second year called Professor Anne Mwigai. Now she's the Vice Chancellor at the Defense Forces Academy. She was so passionate. She used to say, well, imagine I started here I when this campus was called Juja Boys. I knew there was future in science. I've gone abroad. I've experienced the life. And I still choose Africa to come and do my research. She, she, she's doing a research in, I think, Africa Genome, you know, the African Genome Project. So she kept on encouraging us, much as in uh, abroad there are a lot of technologies we can still use them here we can we, ha- we still have the potential here uh she she i think she changed my perspective and encouraged me more to focus on encouraging more people because even if i okay even if i get the opportunity to go there and study vaccinology and i'm the only one then that means when i come back here i'll have another job instead of starting to produce vaccines i'll have to empower more people to come in embrace vaccinology they go being trained and then come back so that and so i thought if we have to do this we have to do this together and even if i go and study vaccinology and the government is still undermined that nothing is going to happen uh you're not going to get these uh, you know, we're still not investing in technology. Can you imagine, Sarah, the, you, you know, the young scientist, uh, Kenya, you, you know them, the high schooler that high schoolers that come in showcase their projects. It started in 2017 by, uh, with the ex-president, uh, the former president, that is President Kenyatta. You, you know, you encourage, uh, high school students. And it's in partnership with Ireland. You, you encourage high school students to come and do science, to come and do technology. But when you come to to the campus level, there are no equipment. So what damage are you doing to this person if they start with knowing I am going to do this? I even have a project. I showcased it. And then they take it to you come to campus with so high hopes and then just just to end up, there are no labs, there are no reagents. I have a case where people were using expired reagents in a lab, and then you think you've seen you you you've seen actually results and there are false results. So it's it's a really devastating um, moment. And so when I saw the the I think the link was sent via WhatsApp in our class group, and then I joined, and then I I felt the zeal. The first meeting, I felt the zeal of the chairperson, and I decided I'm going to embark on it, really took it at heart that if we can do this nationwide, 
then it's going to work for everyone because i believe that you, okay i was reading a book by about uh, gifted hands and you know ben carson used a microscope when he was i think grade 5 or grade 6 and it's not un- unfortunate that come on uh, or in high school i mean the first time he was using it I-, i didn't actually even know a hand lens you know and it's very unfortunate honestly it's very unfortunate like and how are we supposed to compete with them if we we are not even yet at the ben carson level that is like 1960s you know right i decided to take this at heart to champion for uh, you know people started getting discouraged because you know the process of application is so long so i'd say we're going to do this the vice chairperson i uh, know the chairperson was there she would encourage us she, we would have meetings endless meetings with the lawyer about constitution we'd have like a lot of meetings but then we we had we saw the vision and the chairperson never even at one point uh left the focus yes she was always focused she never turned that we have to do this at least let it be known that we tried we tried coming up with a association we tried uh, reaching out to the government we tried this and that for the for the scientists in Kenya and if it works out it's a victory if it doesn't someone will pick up from here but not from ground zero growing up in Uthai you said Uthai right yes and uh, did you have had you uh, heard about and name scientists yes growing up in uh othaya other actually i studied up in othaya girls um i did here because we used to have projects but mostly there were uh physics and it but then i knew there was science i knew there was biology and the books in the library turns out they're very complex especially with microorganisms and uh yes invertebrates they are very complex such that a teacher explaining to you fascinated you so you didn't like understand the whole concept but i remember i used to love biology i used to ask more when it came to genetics i think we did genetics in form 4 yeah i used to ask genetics and heredity how comes i'm not a male how comes this and that doesn't happen so you want to tell me i have the potential of actually getting new breeds for this uh if i use this one okay it it was it was a fascinating moment for me when it came to genetics and heredity well unfortunately it was in form 4 so i thought i, I really wished we could have started in form 1 to form 4 yeah just doing genetics and heredity and getting ourselves to know the terms in there and then going home and researching because during that time we didn't have a time to research about genetics but uh, in other girls i was mentored about biology and we had uh, i think she's still there principal principal jen kimiti she's she's a uh, chief principal jen kimiti i remember in our, when we were doing our kcsc she vied for the poya award the principal of the year award and uh, i'm fortunate enough because uh, she was uh, our CRE teacher and i was the CRE rep i remember I saw her struggle. She believed that if I'm going to be the first one, let let it be that you never give up on what you believe should happen. And I believe she I, I saw her I saw her struggle. She became poor and yeah, I I when I feel like giving up, I look back and then I see her. She said that she would do this because I remember uh telling us in Siri there's this uh advertisement for the poor and I'm going to do it from the nearly level to national level. 
Yeah, and she did it. And we saw her struggle, but she still continued. So one of the people who really inspired me was uh, Chief Principal Jane. And I've never forgotten about that. And our biology teachers, because much as in we didn't have a lot of resources, they did try to actually make us visualize by using, you know, the, the IT technology, laptops even. But science level, I've learned it from Professor Anne Mugai in in campus. Irene, I met you in a conference. Why didn't you mention the Scientists of Kenya Association? Okay. So during the conference, I was invited by Biotechnology Biochemistry uh, uh, Society of Kenya. So at that time, I went as a scientist, first of all, as a student scientist, and also as a program coordinator. So that time, I wanted to see how things are run because by that time we weren't yet registered. But then I did, I did talk to some of the professors to get the idea of getting all young scientists together who are not specifically for biotech and biochem. They said it's a good idea, though I couldn't much push with it because we were yet we are not yet registered. The, okay, uh, can I mention names? Yes, I know Dr. Dr. Collins, Dr. Collins from uh, Egerton University was very supportive. Uh, Dr. Collins, yes, Dr. Collins was very supportive and he's one of the people who has really supported me. I know also um, Professor Meshak when we were having that conversation about scientists, uh, you know, he's from JQuad and the challenges. He really thought of the idea, though I didn't mention the scientist of Kenya Association, he thought of the idea of bringing a scientist together for mentorship is a good idea. I think he's one of the people who has also supported this. So uh, there was a positive response. So uh, from the contact I, I took when I followed up, even uh, from the previous interview we've had, they were really supportive because they saw the dream of actually bringing scientists together to talk about these. And then I had a chance to attend the NRF and Makosti uh, program, the forum that was there at Safari Park last week. So I it really gave me insight that the government is yet to invest in research. So with such forums, you keep on getting the the green signal from the around community that you should go on with this because if NRF are still struggling with funds, then it means we have to champion, we have to lobby for more funds. So yeah, that, that's it. I couldn't mention the name because you are not yet registered, but then I know that the senior scientists there and the students too who we were with them, they were really in support of bringing scientists together for the betterment of, of science. So in brief, if someone was listening to this, can can any of you tell us what exactly, just a brief of um, scientists of Kenya Association, like tell us more about it, what is it about, why would they want to join it, and what do you guys do in a nutshell and where are you headed? Okay, I will say, okay, scientists of Kenya Association, it's a non-profit organization. So we have uh, various objectives. First, first is networking. Yeah, I had mentioned there's a very big gap be, be, uh, between senior scientists and junior scientists. 
So we are still working on a curriculum that we really want to introduce into the universities eh? so that anytime they have a career day, they have to be briefed about science courses in depth because some of them are pursuing these courses and they don't know what they entail, where they are supposed to work, whom to contact. We really want to put these professors in a position that when these students or when fresh graduates come out of this market, they are the, uh, these professors are the first contact people to work with these people into their career journey. These professors are the ones that are, help them to maneuver, help them with uh, securing internships. We really need the, 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 the gap bridged eh, between senior scientists. So networking is one of them. We will help members eh, identify senior people in their area of specialization. Then secondly, yeah, secondly, we are also trying to come up with a plan on how to link the association with um, international countries. We want to start um, hooking up scientists for those who want to advance and want to go abroad. We, we're still coming up with such kind of a curriculum so that <clears throat> you have seen these agents that link people to jobs for Canada. So for us, the reason why we're asking for support is because we don't want to charge these scientists. We want them to link them directly with them not struggling where to get the money to pay for agents. Totally no. So we're still working on that issue for scholarships for scientists who want to go and study abroad. Um, another objective that we came up is we want the like minds together. Because I believe when we all come up together, we can form, we're also planning to form solutions that are affecting the country. Like uh, the other day, we were coming up with a project proposal on how to maybe do water treatment of Nairobi River. We had come up with a plan of sampling the water in various regions because Nairobi River goes uh, very broad. It's very broad. So we had decided to sample the river, get to know the highest, um, the highest metal in the rivers. They might uh, to do microbi microbiological tests, come up with a with a report and recommendations on what should be done, then do implementations. Then the, <clears throat> another benefit of becoming a member is uh, we also want to act as a, as much as it is not an, it is a nonprofit, we want to act as like a staffing company for science related corporate companies. Like we really want like um because we also have people who have done food science technology. If a company like Kenya Breweries really needs personnel, really feel that the first place that people should source for people, it is from the association. That is why we encourage members to join. When they are members, we are in a position to recommend them because maybe we have their documents, we know their background, we know what they, we know their specialization. Yeah. So we are able to refer and recommend scientists for internships and job opportunities. And uh, lastly, I think we are also trying to lobby for a regulatory body. Uh, Sarah, I think you can really agree with me that um, courses that have regulatory bodies are very marketable. Putting into consideration uh, uh, courses like medical courses, I think like all medical courses now have licensing bodies. and. Um, we are, we are really lobbying for a regulatory and a licensing body and also a mandatory one-year internship from the Public Service Commission. Yeah, we, we need, uh, you see, when a doctor graduates, when a medical student graduates, when a nurse graduates, a dentist, a teacher, they are put into a one-year program. Eh? Then after the one-year program, they are licensed. 
by a professional body. So when they come out here, an employer doesn't want to know whether you have a 10-year experience or one-year or nine-year experience, provided you've gone through the one-year internship and you're licensed, you're eligible to practice. So that is what we really we are really trying to lobby with the government so that they can implement it also to scientists. After they graduate, let them go through a one-year internship, then the government let them come up with a professional and licensing body so that uh, scientists are not just all over. We are having scientists in all professions. We are finding a scientist is also a receptionist somewhere, is an IT expert. Th that is because they did some short, short courses. So we want a regulatory body that will regulate them will be knowing that we have a, a certain scientist into the country. So let them be put through a one-year program internship, let them get licensed, and they will be marketable into the job market. An employer won't want to know whether you have 10 years. They really have a conviction that if this person has gone through the one-year internship and this person is licensed, then they are eligible to practice in a laboratory. So... We will bridge this gap of you find an employer advertising for an internship position and the requirement is one to two years experience. So where is this graduate expected to have done this internship and when? Okay, so it is also difficult for scientists to try and get internships. It has been a very difficult thing. If they have to look, if they if they have to tarmac for jobs, let them have the first hand uh, training of the one year program. We have biochemists who even they have never seen some of these machines. Okay, they have never, so when they go for job interviews and maybe practicals are involved, when they are taken to the lab, they have never seen these machines. Totally, they have not, they don't have that exposure because there's, uh, at the same time, there's no employer who wants to risk to employ a fresh graduate. So we really need all graduates, let them go through a one-year program internship. That is why when they become members, we are able to, we are able to follow up if this member was really placed and if he or she was not placed, we are able to do a follow-up on we really need this scientist placed on a one-year internship on the, in, the, in the research uh, institutions because we have various, which are parastatals and also testing and calibration laboratories like KEBS. We want, that is where we want our scientists. We don't want to meet with scientists carrying bags, selling drugs. Yeah. I think for now we have a hundred who are registered, but the rest uh, we have started registering after we've been issued the licensing. It was issued this month, I think the first week of this month. So we are still registering, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, the process of being a member. Getting a website. Come again. Okay. Okay. About the website. <sighs> okay. There's um. There's a there's a guy that he's also a scientist and uh, he really saw what we were doing, and uh, he came up. He reached out via LinkedIn and told me, Eva, I really appreciate the kind of work you're doing, and uh, I really feel that I really want to support you, and because I cannot support you financially because I'm also a struggling scientist, let me come up with a website for you guys yeah <laughs> no we only paid for the for the domain that has hosted the website no we didn't pay for it he just came and said i know you guys have not yet, yeah i know you guys have not yet stabilized as an association but let me do something that i will be remembered by the entire association in the years to come let me just create for you guys an 
our website. And yeah, and I think we worked with him, we gave him the information, yeah, and we feel it's a step. Yeah, he's called Victor Odero. <laughs> he's a food technologist. Yeah, currently he's a technologist at Polucon Group. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I, I knew him sometimes back when he was trying, when I was trying to get a job, I also reached out to him and uh, he really tried to send me advice and all that. But later on, he, I saw him resurface and told me, Eva, you're really doing a good job. And because I am not in a position to support your your organization financially, because I'm also not in that position. And also, this is a person who has also done science, science uh, sorry, software development and he said let me yeah he, he pursued a software development course because that time there were no jobs out here so he felt like let me do this for you guys yeah uh, it's amazing what you guys are doing but i would like to know more about like for example if i'm a scientist who already has a job how would they benefit from coming into your organization I imagine someone is asking that question because you highlighted about why they need to, it's like more like we need those people to come into the organization, into the association and help us, you know, create that network. But as a scientist, you know, just imagine yourself as a scientist who um, already has a job, which is rare, <laughs> but already has a job their career is going on, what is the incentive of them coming to the association? Well, even me, uh, it is not just about those who are unemployed. So, as you know, majority of scientists in Kenya do not work in science-related jobs. So, well, if we're planning on working with the government, because there are bodies that are supposed to push for these things, for example, research, uh, if you are an unemployed scientist who is working somewhere, one of the challenge that you can also agree with me, Sarah, is research. You know, you can't be a scientist who does not do research. The only way science grows is through research. So uh, we are lobbying for research funds. So if you come to the association, you will get a chance to actually uh, work with the NRF so that we can bring out the project and then it can be verified patent because patenting is very key because of the uh, of getting the original idea to the owner and them benefiting we want to start working with the Kenya intellectual property so that we can teach scientists in the uh, association on how to patent ideas and through the process. So one of it is getting your research patent is, and also submitting it to the National Research Fund. So you guys will be doing interest. research within the association or you'll be partnering with someone else to do the research? No, no, we'll be doing within and also we'll be partnering with other people. Oh. Yeah, but if you, our work is if you come with a research proposal and you're a scientist in our organization, we'll try and lobby for funds from external partners, but first from the government. Because our research is if it's funded by the government, then you have more stakes here than when it's 
funded by external partners. You you do agree with me, right? Yes. Uh, another thing is on policies. Uh, most of people do not know policies that govern uh, scientists when they're working. You know, how much labor, uh, how much intellectual property can you give and such. So one of it is to ensure that if you're a scientist here, you can actually come uh, come and report, of course, via the right channels through your organization. So if something happens to you and you feel like you're being overworked, because sometimes it happens, you're being overworked, you, you, you know, with research, you cannot leave uh, something in the gel electrophoresis running. <laughs> And then you decide to go home, even if it's fast hours, you see? So such grievances, you you can come channel them to us and then we'll look into the policies and then we'll ensure that everything is taken care of because there is no need of oppression, especially with scientists, because you know there is reduced labor and you have to do a lot of output, okay? The other thing is with fellowships and scholarships, if you want to do your master's and you're still working, we're really lobbying for the government to invest more in the current courses, uh, in the current universities within Africa, at least. So that if you have to do your master's and you're still parenting and you're still working, it will be easier for you. Okay. So if you're a scientist uh, in uh, and you're working and you're in SCOCAM, you'll get the opportunity because even right now, if you if a company that you're partnering with it, let's say Polycon, uh, advertises, it first sends it to us and then sends it to other people. So maybe if you want masters and you're partnering with a certain uh, university, or if you want to go and uh, gain experience in a certain area that you're working on, and you're partnering with a certain a laboratory or institute sends it to us and then you get the information first. Plus you can be sure that we'll be following up with uh, the scientist on the experiences. And of course, uh, uh, let's say regulating, let me use the word regulating the exploitation because it turns out that exploitation in science is very high. Also, there's the issue of mental health to ensure that, you know, most of the people cannot tell you, but uh, science can be really, really rigorous and hectic. And most of the time you're working, you're in the lab, and maybe you're pursuing a master's. That's the that's the system for most of the people. You're working, you have a family, and you have a PhD or something. So the mental issue will be creating a lot of mental awareness here, will be, uh, will be having open days to uh, tell people about mental awareness. We'll be, have, we'll be coming together to share our stories and we're planning on starting a department, especially just for the mental, for mental health. I know it's in the institutions, but when you get together and you hear from other scientists, it is easier. Yeah, so maybe the chair can add on to that, the benefits of working scientists in the organization. Um, I think um, you've said majority, and I will also add that um, we are also we are also an association that also is planning to offer trainings, like career and professional trainings. Like currently, we are we are having an idea of maybe training our members and maybe on occupational health and safety, how they're supposed to be safe, because majority work in laboratories, and these are some of the techniques that um, some of them are not aware of. Some of the another example of training is uh, professional trainings like ISO. I know majority of you are so conversant with ISO trainings that is international standards. We have different ISO trainings uh, considering each in a 
in a particular group. So a person that is working, maybe a person is a microbiologist. This person, we can offer to train that person with ISO 17025 or the ISO that is responsible for specifically microbiology. And, you know, ISO, it is, it is a international certification. So with this international certification, it's a credit. You're talking about ISO. You, you disappeared for a while. We are also a part uh, of the trainings. We we'll have different segments on trainings. We have we'll be having professional trainings that is trainings on ISO. Like we have people in the association. We have people who have done food tech, microbiologists, chemistry. So we have different ISOs. For instance, ISO 9001 is an ISO that is supposed to be trained in almost all professionals in the laboratory. Also, ISO seventeen zero twenty five. We have different ISOs for different uh, for different uh, people in different specialization. So I think we can come up and also we can come up and train these people maybe using um, an agency of ISO, or we can do the trainings at the committee members or some of the members. Then after certification, we can now start training members. We can. We are also planning, and uh, we have been doing workshops, webinars virtually. But we are also trying to implement the physical one because it will also increase the, the rate of networking when people meet physically. So we'll be having workshops, workshops. We can have very uh, intensive uh, scientific workshops, like we can have people being taught uh, on uh, PCR techniques, on, on DNA extractions, like something that is going to add a credit to what they are, they are currently practicing on. Yeah, so like people in molecular biology, we can organize a training for them. So you find that these people after certification, they are more marketable if they are in the job market. Yeah. Talk to me about how someone who wants to support the association in terms of anything, in terms of any kind of resource, what kind of resources are you guys trying to seek for? And how can they assist okay first we are um, we made a call to be supported like currently we are we are looking, really looking forward in launching offices so i think currently that is the major support that we might be needing we really need a physical address and um yeah we were looking for for bodies corporate companies that can help us in the in the, um, coming up with offices, launching the offices, because we were, we were organizing for a launch, for a mega launch where we'll be inviting people in science, corporate companies in science, research institutions, and, uh, and other international corporations that are currently in the country that really deal with science. And we were thinking of, uh, because everyone now is talking about where are your offices? Yeah, so currently, if there's someone who can help us maybe in the office part coming up with the physical address that is coming up with the offices and also we really need to uh another support that they can really support us is uh partnering with us or registering with us as a, if it's a corporate company so that uh, if if they need personnel in science it is us that um, they outsource scientists from us this will encourage scientists even more to be part of the association. But for now, we are really calling for the the office part. Yeah, we really need to launch the offices. 
uh, we we have a written plan on on um, some years to come, maybe three years after the association has stabilized. We really need to come up with laboratories of different um, of different seg- uh, sections that we ha- we we will need to have laboratories of maybe molecular biology laboratories of chemistry, and also we will request for uh, funds of setting up the laboratories and also coming up with the equipments because we feel like um, if graduates come out, they don't have internships. I think the association is planning and offering six or six months internship after we set up the laboratories. Yeah. That's amazing. So I'm asking, um, do you feel that the the job market in Kenya is ready to take up every single scientist who's interested to go on in the science route after they've graduated, like even taking care of the ones that already graduated sometime, but like they're still looking for opportunities. Do you think that the job market in Kenya can be able to? Okay. No, okay. You know, we are a lot of us, we do agree, and we have very limited when it comes to laboratories, even the private ones, they're very limited. And even those laboratories cannot actually offer everything, for example, DNA sequencing or complex and expensive chemical reagents. But so the answer is no. Okay. As much as we can try to absorb, because, you know, if I have to get employed at Cambry, you can tell me I'm going to be employed there for only 10 years. Maybe I'm 30 and I'll retire at 60. So those are 30 years in a position, see? And there are people who are still graduating. So the answer is no. But now what's the solution? So here's the solution. Uh, as a scientist, uh, we we are in mid, in the midst of, we're at the pipeline talks with uh, schools uh, universities to be specific, that if a student is an undergraduate, let them do a community-based project. Let them come, let them identify a solution, let them come up with a project, let the government fund at county level or national level. So when you're transiting to go for internship or to go for master's, you have a project that you can either commercialize it, you can actually master uh, on it and then make a brand out of it and then you start self-employment because some okay some of us let's say as a percentage of us will want to work permanently in labs but then the labs cannot accommodate everyone and even if we were to create more labs you you do agree our scientists will take a while uh, for us to actually retire okay so we have the idea of you when you start practicing projects when you're in undergraduate, come up with a community-based program, a project that is, if I identify the issue of pollution in Georgia, let me come up with a way of making, yes, manure from the garbage, from the market waste. And then when I graduate, before I get a job, before I, I go for this ISO training, when I'm still hunting for masters, let me start making that manure, let the county government know I'm doing this, let them pro- uh, provide for me funds, then I can start off. Because the, the, like the Ministry of Youth, they used to be Kazi Kovijana, 
Now, instead of everyone cleaning up the streets, let a scientist take up all the garbage and let, let them make manure and then let them earn a living. Because much as you, we may like, even if we created all the labs, okay, we'll still be exporting labor. There'll be still people here, but there'll be still a larger percentage who are still outside. So we are focusing on research and also lecturing and also diversifying because I might be a scientist who is interested in animal genetics. I go get the, I go get the skills, start my own farm, make better breeds. Okay. So we are planning on diversifying the, uh, the uh, knowledge and perception about science, but mostly is to major on research because science cannot run without research. Okay, just to add uh, on top of that is uh, the market is not, uh, the job market in the country currently is not ready for scientists. That is the, the, bare, um, the bare truth. And um, I really feel that uh, it is the high time we do a lot of programs of science awareness. And at the same time, I feel like it is not that they do not know that science exists. They do know that science uh, does not exist. But there is this notion in the country that um, that a science course you can just be based if, a, anywhere. Okay, in short, in short terms, in um, I'm trying to mean that science it has not been apprehend it has not been uh, appreciated at any cost. Someone just feels an employer just feels that as much as you have a uh, degree in chemistry, as much as you have a degree in biotechnology, this will be your JD. So I I really feel like at the same time, uh, Sarah. I really wanted to mention that uh, the country really needs to work on merits, okay? Let people get jobs through merits because currently we are changing the notion in uh, our the little the little young people that are coming up. We are really brainwashing them that they really have to have good connections, they really uh, networking is very important, but I really feel there's a difference between networking and connection. Okay? As a, a student, a graduate or someone who is working can really network, but let us bring out the notion from these young people's minds that for you to get a good job in science, you have to you have to get connections because this person will not only grow up, this person really needs to concentrate. But at the same time, they're outside here looking for connections, okay? Because the country has not yet embraced merits. Let people get jobs through merits. Let the government stick to their merits. If a job adverts look for this, let them stick to that. With this, it encourages people to go to school because they feel like the country employs via merits. But if the country does not uphold merits, people just go to school then to get degrees and maybe look for other jobs. Because uh, uh, we've uh, seen female scientists being exploited because they, they, are, they are even told without a fear that uh, you know very well in science there are no jobs. And for you to get a job, yeah, you have to do this. And they are sexually molested. They are sexually abused. And definitely if you get a job through sexual through sexual favors, you'll have to do the sexual favors to maintain the, uh, the job where you got the job. So I feel even uh, the merits not being upheld so much, it is also putting our female female candidates to risk, uh, female scientists at risk, because females are not normally asked for money like males. Like um, you have to come up with maybe a sum of 500,000 for you to get a job in Camry. But for a female, they just they are just sexually exploited because the entire country knows that getting a job in such a field is so difficult. So for you to get a job there, you have to, you have to bend. 
which is a very bad notion. So I th- I also feel for the job market to be marketable, even though if, if it is not in science, let let the country, let the ministry, or let the public service commission uphold merits totally because it is the females that are going through. We have females that you can count that are, are victims of HIV and AIDS, are victims of unwanted pregnancy because of jobs. Okay, and these people are learned. It is not like a favor they are being offered. These people are learned. Yeah. You mentioned you wanted to be a genetist, Irene. What did you want to become, Evelyn, exactly? Like you said, you want to be a doctor, scientist, but what exactly? Like, did you have something specific? Okay, I have passion in uh, microbiology. Yeah, like in actual lab, I worked as a microbiologist for around five months. And I think that is, uh, yeah, I'm good in microbiology and uh, parasitology. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything that you guys wanted to add, like, here that you wanted to... It all is there a question that you hoped I would ask and I've not asked? I think there's something I want to uh, actually uh, like voice out. These two, if I can address the president again, can I? He's a scientist. Yeah. So the president, His Excellency Dr. William Ruto, is a president who has gone through actually the whole system from undergraduate to ma- to PhD the doctorate level, as a scientist in Kenya. He has faced all these challenges. He has experienced everything. I believe before, okay, during his political years, even if he ventured into politics, I think he still did some science. So he's in a very, very better position to understand science. And these things we are voicing out, I am sure they are not tongues to him. He does know them. So I would call upon the president, His Excellency Dr. William Ruto, to look into the matters of scientists. He very well knows that the developing, the developed countries, they are really relying on research. And it's so unfortunate that we have to export skilled labor from here to other countries and leave us bare and very, very exposed. So I would call, give this clarion call to the president that come look into these matters, invest in research, I look into what scientists are saying, uh, come have a talk with us, le- le- hear from us. Maybe what you left those those years when you were at University of Nairobi is not the same thing. We are here, we are, we are with the problems and also with the solutions. Yes, and scientists should be encouraged that the future ahead is technology, science, and engineering. Love that. Evelyn? Uh, actually, no. For now, I think I've said much. It is just that we really need the message that Irene has passed to the president if it can get to him. Yeah. So on this Madaraka Day, the main highlight is you guys want the president, who's also a scientist, to to address these issues. Yeah, because it's Madaraka Day, and Madaraka means, if I'm not wrong, liberation. We need the liberation of scientists. So what do you want, um, maybe one line, what do you want the president to do? Okay, in one line, I would like the president to come up with a regulation, uh, with a licensing and a regulatory body for scientists. And uh, we were also requesting for a meeting, for a physical meeting with Mr. President here. I think tabling the, the grievances in his presence will highly do. How do you feel? After having this 
conversation. Irene. Well, I feel, uh, I was talking to fellow scientists. So first of all, I feel glad that I have this conversation. I feel like I got more insight and still I think I've got the morale to keep on pushing. And I feel like at least this is another avenue that we have raised the problems of scientists and it's a milestone too. Yes. Uh, for me, I feel I feel like I've released a lot from my chest, from my mind, from my heart. I've really addressed um, the main concerns of the scientists and I've really made a call to the people that really want to be part of us, to support us. Yeah. So I just feel like this is also a step ahead. Yeah. And thank you. Tell us, tell someone who wants to join you how how they can find you and yeah, you guys and yeah. Okay, for anyone for for anyone that is interested in joining Scientists of Kenya Association, we only register members with only a thousand shillings, and uh, the criteria is uh, you go to our website, you download the application form, you fill it. You can choose to scan it or take a good photo. Just uh, you can convert the photo to PDF. Then attach your graduation certificate. You attach your ID card, your passport, because we will be issuing membership cards, and your passport will be needed. Yeah, and proof of payment. You can take a screenshot of the or forward the message, and you send them to admission at skoka.co.ke. And where do they send the payment? Currently, we are processing. We are processing the pay bills, but we have been registering using via the treasurer's number. But for now, I think by Monday we'll be having the pay bill. And is it a one-off payment or is it yearly? We have yearly uh, subscriptions. Yeah. It's, so one thousand is for every year. Yeah, you'll just be paying a thousand for subscription every year. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Vulnerable Scientist. Thanks to our guests Evelyn and Irene for sharing their journey and how SCOCA is going to help Kenyan scientists in biological, physical, and environmental fields and reduce the 70% mark of graduates leaving science to a lower number. Go to www.skoka, that, that is S-C-O-K-A.co.ke to learn more about the organization and join or contribute where possible. This episode was produced by Sarah Nakeri from Psychom.digital, your trusted friend in digital marketing. Keep these conversations alive. Consider supporting us on Patreon or send a contribution to via Mpesa to 0718-896962. Join us again tomorrow at 7pm for another glimpse into the lives of the scientists we admire. Until next time, remember science is as much about the journey as it is the discovery. Good night and keep exploring. Thank you.